welcome everyone to I So Appreciate You, a raw, funny, and uniquely insightful podcast about the issues and opportunities we all face as values-based leaders and humans. I'm Nadej. And I'm Melanie. We're colleagues at the St. Paul and Minnesota Foundation, and we're friends. When we get together, our conversations can go anywhere, especially when bringing a friend or two along for the ride. So we're inviting you to join us and some incredible guests as we explore the challenges and triumphs of people shaking up our community for the better. Hello, everyone. Welcome to I So Appreciate You. We are so excited to be able to welcome one of our colleagues today, Shannon O'Leary. And Nadej, I think, I I know we grabbed Eric, um, our president and CEO, for just kind of a impromptu conversation, but this is the first time we're talking in depth with another colleague. Is that right? This is our first official colleague guest. Yes. Yeah, it's great. So Shannon is our uh, chief investment officer, and um, we're going to hear a lot from her, but I'm, she she launched a newsletter, um, Say It Out Loud, on LinkedIn. I, I believe it was last year, and, and she's gotten quite a following. I'm just kind of looking at the uh, the newsletter titles that she's put out, and she cracks me up. But one that stands out to me is, I'm a, a hot mess, and so are you, and we're going to be okay, which is kind of fun. It is indeed. Do you have any other favorites? Well, scrolling through them too. What do you see? What do you see there? Well, oh my goodness. Um, so, oh. you know, this one's a little work-related and yeah. life-related. The SVB failure and other recent parenting moments. Oh. oh. I mean, how do those two connect? She would I mean, connect know, them. But she would connect them. Do you know what else is a, interesting to see how she would connect them? Fries, wine, and emerging fund managers. See, Shannon can make emerging fund managers sound interesting with fries and wine. She really can. Yes, yes. So um, we're excited to talk to her, but how have you been? I know you've been on the road and on the go in the last week and a half or so. I have been a couple of back-to-back work trips. By the way, for people who do that for like their lives, yes. you are both oh. my heroes and ah, but like- I used to do it. It's exhausting. You know, conference energy and loud yeah. rooms with not good sound insulation had me basically <laughs> scream talking for like three days. So yeah. I feel like I sound like an idiot. Um, or, or your voice is a little scratchy. Yeah. See, yeah. the thing is, if it sounded like, you know, like that, like <laughs> yeah. if I had like a Viola Davis, Kathleen Turner sort of situation <laughs> going on, there would be no complaints. All I can hear is like a little bit of weird, throaty, nasally Oh, nonsense. that's funny. But, you know, we never hear our own voices in the right light, right? So I'm listening to you. I think you sound great, but I, I can appreciate that. Do you think Kathleen Turner thinks like her voice is awesome? Oh, have you ever wondered about that? I'm going to Google this. Right. Like, or ask people AI. with awesome voices. Like, do you think <laughs> that they know? Because I've only, like, it's it's taken me, like, three seasons of this podcast to, like, tune myself out. As oh, we- <laughs> so you can listen without, yeah. I, no, I, I cringe. I have to, yeah, I have to figure out how to listen when we're, we're in the editing phase. But I just, you know, it's kind of out of body. It's what we do, isn't it? It's what we do for our work. <laughs> So should we just like get Shannon in here and just dive right into this uh, yes. episode? Let's grab her. All right. The Facing Race Awards is an initiative of the St. Paul and Minnesota Foundation that recognizes anti-racism activists in Minnesota who challenge absent and harmful narratives on race, build solutions that unite instead of divide, and push for justice and equity. 
Join us in celebrating this year's four incredible award recipients by watching the Facing Race Award Show at facingrace.org. Hello, everyone. We are so excited to be joined by our colleague and the foundation's chief investment officer, Shannon O'Leary. Shannon, welcome to our show. Thank you for having me, ladies. We're very excited. <laughs> Just um, to let everyone uh, get to know you a little bit, we have a, a couple of uh, interesting points. First of all, you have a newsletter. Say it out loud. I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit about it today. So that's one fun fact about Shannon. The other one that I did not know, actually, is that... You wrote your master's thesis on Botticelli. Is this true? <laughs> I wish. Were you giving me grief when you told me about that? Oh, it's not a master's thesis. Though. Oh, what is it? It's um, I did a dissertation. Oh, okay, that's okay, still okay. Like not. A you non, see where this is going. Thing. This yeah. this whole hey, conversation. Look, I don't want to be like you know mistaking me, giving the impression that I have degrees <laughs> that I don't own. Well, I was I was actually very intrigued by this because I know that you studied economics and physics. So how does how did this uh, artist fit into your? I know you guys don't know this about me, but okay. I secretly like art. Oh, and I used to sing professionally. What? Wait. Okay, we have to start this start? whole podcast episode all over from the top. <laughs> sing prof. Okay, we'll get back to that. We're gonna get back We're to this. We're gonna get back to that. If you've been listening to our podcast, which I'm just going to assume you had, so don't say anything to the contrary, <laughs> um, you know that we start off with three quick questions before we dive into the meat of our conversation. So I'm going to kick us off. So first question, would you rather get tagged in an awkward photo or accidentally text the wrong person? Hmm, that's a good one. I think I would rather get tagged in a photo. Okay, fair enough. All right. Um, would you rather have a song stuck in your head or not be able to remember somebody's name? I always have a song stuck in my head and I can never <laughs> so remember anyone's name. Oh. So this is a special question for, just designed for me. Also for me. It's a little bit of like torture. Like if everyone was a number, I would remember the name. But instead we're using words. Okay, that is oh, so fascinating. Um, you could probably convert names to numbers. And <sighs> but then I'd be converting all the time. That is true. All right. So final one. Do you vacation to do lots of things or do you vacation to do nothing? I would love to vacation to do nothing, but I am married to somebody who vacations to do all the things. So you mm. do all the things? So I do all the things. All right. All right. Well, you got to win one of those vacation yes. battles one of these days. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Your vacations, when you report back, I'm exhausted. There's a lot of kids involved, a lot of activities. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that makes That's sense. That's just how we roll. All right. Well, we're going to jump in, Shannon. Um, we have a lot to talk about. Very excited to dig into the, I think, really unique work that you do for the foundation. But as you know, a lot of people don't really even understand what a community foundation is. And I would bet that people don't. On top of that, understand what a chief investment officer does. So before we get into the the questions about the work you've been doing here, could you just kind of give us a quick overview of your role? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think the easiest way to talk about kind of what I do is to just think about like a retirement account, right? Yes. So in your retirement account, you get to go into your portal and like you make some selections of the kinds of investments that you want to have in that account. And they give you some recommendations. Maybe you take them, maybe you don't. My job is to do that at a much bigger scale. Right. You know, so our asset base is about 1.7 billion. And so that's a little different than dealing with retirement assets. But functionally, I am 
you know, my team helps to pick and choose the different kinds of investments and mix them in a way that will help ensure that the foundation can support its 5% spending policy and offset inflation over the very long term. Um, you have been in the investment space your entire career? Correct. I mean, let's talk about that a little bit because we're going to talk about the work you're doing in the mm-hmm. foundation, but I think it is fully informed by your experiences in this field. Yes. What does that feel look like and feel like as Shannon is, you know, growing from a baby investment professional to the rock star <laughs> that you are today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's a journey. Um, is a really non-diverse journey. There are very few women in chief investment officer roles right now. There are fewer now than there were 20 plus years ago when I started my career. So the industry as a whole of investments is especially kind of the level, the, the big dollar management of money that we're doing here at the foundation is really, really non-diverse. I mean, so it's probably, I'd say investment professionals, 80% are um, white and male. And once you get to the sort of highest decision-making level, you're, you're seeing that statistic be even more significant. So Shannon, this gets to the meat of why we want to talk to you today, because as we've been talking to all of these innovators in different sectors, one would imagine that in your role, you're just behind a door and you're moving money. But really, you have been able to advocate for equity in the role that you're, you're doing for the foundation. Could you talk a little bit more about how you do that as the chief investment officer? Yeah, I think that can be sort of the... The trope is that the money people, we just put our fancy suits on and then we use a lot of lingo and a lot of acronyms and then everyone falls asleep and is no longer paying attention to what is coming out of our mouths. That is sort of a trick, right? And it's a trick to make you feel like we're these fancy people and um, you shouldn't question anything we do. Mm -hmm. And that's just categorically false. So, you know, when I got here at the foundation, it was really clear to me um, that you know, in connecting with the board members and connecting with my executive leadership team peers, there was so much um, integration of the foundation's kind of mission and vision and work in all of the work that the board and, and our team leaders were doing, except for investments. Investments were sort of like divorced off in this little corner over here and, and it wasn't just that there wasn't any integration really with the mission other than producing returns. It was also that I, f- I felt like there was not enough of working knowledge of what was in the portfolio at, at really any other level than inside of the investment team. I mean, Nadege, you were there. Would you agree? I mean, that would probably be the case. I mean, it- probably the case at a lot of foundations. I think it is. And so what well, I shouldn't admit that for the field, but you know, there you go. <laughs> it's true. And so I spend a lot of time like talking to folks in our industry about this, which is you have to kind of get a, a way in to bring people to investments and to bring investments to people. We have almost like I'd say a front of the house and back of the house Right. So the front of the house is the grant making and the board really understands that. And I think it's very easy to understand at the staff, at the foundation level and at the leadership level. And then there's kind of like the back of the house. You know, here's the engine that is this huge portfolio that generates those grants. And yet, you know, no one really talks about it. Or And I think, you know, in Minnesota, too, there's a little bit of like talking about money is kind of dirty. And so what I like to do is, is say, OK, 
what if we're thinking about this in kind of a more holistic way, right? So if we're trying to solve problems with our grant dollars that are going out the door, we should make sure that in the back of the house, in this portfolio, we're not investing millions of dollars into, say, something that's actively causing those conditions or problems that we're trying to solve with our grant dollars. And I think that's a little bit of an aha moment. And I think when I said that to the executive leadership team a couple of years ago, it was really like, oh, well, that makes perfect sense. We, we certainly shouldn't be canceling out our grant making work. Well, I mean, what you're bringing is simply radical. And I say that because it's simple in how you've mm-hmm. just described it. But I mean, I think it's accurate to say it's radical for how we have thought about um, protecting the corpus and investing those dollars for years and years in philanthropy. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I totally agree. But if you actually look at the money, we can do a lot with the money inside this portfolio that helps us to sort of further our mission and our vision, right? It, it can potentially enhance the way we do our grant making and it can help inform the work of the entire foundation. And and you're going beyond the foundation in your work. You're really changing, I think, trying to shake up the inv- the investment industry, especially as it relates to making it more diverse and inclusive. Can you talk specifically about the ways that you're doing that work? Yeah. And, you know, I alluded to the lack of diversity. So there's yes. a long way to go here. And and I think that it's it's really important to just sort of like lead with, I come at everything in with humor, mm-hmm. really, you know, like I take the work very seriously, but I do not take myself seriously at all. And, and I think that that comes off and mm-hmm. I'm also very interested and curious. And I think the combination of kind of humor and curiosity can, can solve a lot of problems or at least allow for conversations to happen in a way that they maybe couldn't happen under other circumstances. You know, so I'll spend time meeting directly with managers in the industry and, and, you know, asking kind of harder questions around why their investment decision-making teams are so non-diverse. Mm-hmm. And you care about this stuff in a lot of different ways, but functionally these managers who are trying to put up the best returns should care an enormous amount about having diversity on their teams. One of the biggest things we do in asset management is manage risk, right? Where we want to have high, high returns, but we need the risk level to be managed. One of the most dangerous things in this industry that leads to problems and causes additional risk is the lack of diversity on these teams leading to groupthink. Mm -hmm. So at a minimum, you want different voices at that table to prevent groupthink, to help manage your own risk. And then what we are also finding is that more diverse decision-making teams they have better returns. And, and as the industry is kind of waking up to this data, which candidly didn't exist until the last five years because there are so few diverse-led teams in this industry, but the data is very clear that you're going to actually generate better returns if you have differences of opinion and differences mm-hmm. of background on those teams. So you are really finding a lot of ways to get this message out. As, as you said, you're meeting individually with managers, but we, we did talk about uh, your newsletter, um, Say It Out Loud, which is another vehicle for you to talk about um, you know, things in the field. Can you tell us a little bit about the impetus uh, for that newsletter? 
I can't remember which one of you two is at fault for this, but it's definitely one of the two of you. I'm not on the marketing team, if that's helpful for your memory. <laughs> okay, so this happened because I feel like it was Sorry, Nudge. Though. I think you came to one of our team meetings, mm-hmm. and, oh, and yeah. afterwards... I said you should have a TikTok. You, yeah, somebody's... You asked one of the team... You asked the team, you're like, is, is it always like this? Is she always like this? <laughs> And I think I was like on my high horse about something, you know, it's it's definitely grandstanding and, you know, something had ticked me off and I really had like had a lot of things to say. Um, But yeah, you told me to be on TikTok and I (laughs) was not ready to engage with that concept. Neither am I. I'm not on TikTok, but you know, it seemed like it was the right energy. And then I think maybe then Mel was like, you could try a newsletter. Yes. This newsletter, you, people have to subscribe. They do. I mean, Shanna is... I don't know where it comes. I mean, I do know where it comes from. It comes from you, but you're hilarious. You're a great writer. You're really, and I want to mention, I wrote down here that in this newsletter, you're calling out your peers in the industry for sexism, racism, lack of critical thinking because of the group think that you just mentioned. But the thing that I love about your work, Shannon, is you're not just out there screaming at people. You're also giving them tools to figure out how to do it better. And you've done that like through your work here with what I understand is you lead our partners. If they're willing to work on becoming more diverse and to change the way that they're working, you're helping partner with them and give them the tools. Could you talk a little bit about that? Sure. I mean, again, we're not going to get anywhere by yes yelling at people or shaming them. It does you want not change. Work. You're trying to get us to a place of yeah. different operating differently. Right. And I think that what what external parties find mm-hmm. is that we're, you know, the, the newsletter is very accessible. I mean, yes. yeah, we are calling out racism. We're calling out sexism. Our, I don't think readers perceive that. Mm. I think mm-hmm. they, they take it in and they think about it in a different way. Right. And it helps them identify it when it happens in their daily life or yes. when they are perpetrating that kind of behavior. And not necess- it's not something then that they're ashamed of. It's creating awareness. It, and, you know, again, it, it goes back to kind of like the humor and not taking myself very seriously, but being, you know, we go meet with individuals and it's usually me and like nine dudes yes. around a conference <laughs> table. And it, you know, it, am I going to get anywhere by yelling at anyone in that room? No, no probably not. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and I and so what I try to do is just create a friendly sort of safe environment. And, you know, I know that there's been a lot of like politicization of diversity efforts going on right now from like a like a media standpoint. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what's in the news. I have never actually had so many inbound requests from outside parties in the industry on, hey, we heard you worked with from ABC to help them change their promotion process internally for analysts mm-hmm. to become managing directors eventually such that it allowed them to diversify the staff. Can you tell us how you did that? So despite this kind yeah. of weird political conversation that's going on, there's so much interest and willingness. And again, it's because these these folks are not dummies. Most of them over-index to sort of straight-A students. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, you you can kind of see there them realizing the value of having those diverse voices at the table and like ignoring the political conversation being like, Hey, I want to do this. Can you help me figure this out? Right. So, you know, I'm thinking about how you're showing up in the work that you're doing. And 
You know, I wonder if this is just a confluence of things happening at the right time. You know, your values being at the foundation and that alignment, because it seems like being anchored here is a little bit of a lever for you to have that conversation that might have been different if you weren't at the St. Paul, Minnesota Foundation. Oh, I think that's 100% accurate. (laughs) I mean, seriously, like I've been pretending to be a white guy for my entire career and it was totally wild to come here. And I was like, why isn't everyone pretending to be a white guy? I don't understand this. You know, that could be a whole other podcast conversation. The former lawyer in me understands exactly what you're talking about. And a newsletter for you, Shannon. (laughs) Topic right there. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I feel like, right, I feel like if we last too much longer, we could open like 17 more topics, give you like 300 more newsletter ideas. But unfortunately, like we don't get to talk like all day long. Uh, but we the the good thing about you as a guest, Shannon, is we do, just not on yeah, microphone. That we, is true. Yes, yes. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like right place, right time. Yeah. I mean, I can go stand on a stage and like, you know, kind of make a little fun of like some dude who runs some pension fund and owns all kinds of baloney that's actually harming the pensioners that are receiving those dollars. And I think it makes people think about it a little bit of mm-hmm. a different way. And I'm like, I don't care. You know, like I'm at the community foundation. Are you really going to cancel me? <laughs> <laughs> I want to make sure to ask one more question because, because even though I could hear the joy in that last response, yes. um, when you think about the work that you do and everything that, that you're moving forward, like what brings you like joy in doing this work? It, I think it is for the kind of like first time in my life, I am in a space and a play at a place where I can line up all of the things that I'm trained and skilled at doing professionally and turn it from, and it's you know, really a huge part of why I came here is I, I was really pretty good at making very wealthy people much wealthier. And those same skills applied to the foundation now hopefully ensure, help ensure that the dollars that my team stewards then can benefit from that growth and those skills in terms of, you know, being even more able to robustly serve the community. That's great. That's a good ending. I have one observation. We've gotten through this interview and I don't think we have to bleep one word. Shannon didn't swear. Oh my goodness! I, I, what does that even? Mean? I don't know. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I must have put my. I put my professional pants on today. <laughs> okay. For us, just for you. Oh, thank you for taking time, Shannon, to join our podcast. It's really been awesome. Well, it was not nearly thing. as terrifying as I thought it was going to oh. be. So. Oh no, yeah. we, we try to keep it pretty painless. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll come back. Oh, All right. love it. Excellent. Well, that was fun. <laughs> Shannon. Okay, here's the thing. I don't think that our listeners are going to fully appreciate this, but you think you know your colleagues and then they low-key up a bum. Uh, I used to sing. A professional singer. Didn't you say that? She did. Now I realize that we're talking about it. We didn't circle back. So Mm. I sort of feel like we got to come back to that at some point. Like we got to do like a bonus episode or some like after hours kind of thing. After hours with Shannon. Unfiltered. I don't even know. The eyes say happy hour. Oh, my oh. goodness. I, I love that oh. because I so appreciate happy hour. Uh, that was yeah. cheesy, I know. Uh, you, that was perfect marketing <laughs> right there. Um, you know what, Nadege? We could also cover something that a listener brought to my attention. So 
apparently, well, not apparently, I do remember, we had <laughs> closed our last season with you talking about going on a trip to do nothing. Oh, like that yeah. was, and we never came back to talk about how that actually went for you. We didn't. So I think, I think we need to have, I love this happy hour idea where we're going to kind of revisit some of these fun little nuggets that we may have not fully um, fleshed out. I mean, I suppose if there are other listeners who are like, what about? Yeah. Let us know because, you know, let, let's get some content from right. this situation. <laughs> right, I right. feel like I'm volunteering somebody to do some work right now, but <laughs> right. here's what's happening. Oh, that's great. So, well, I'm curious your thoughts on the nugget that Shannon um, delivered to us and to our listeners. And for me, and something that I've just witnessed being her colleague, is that Again, I guess I'm challenging my own um, preconceptions about what someone in her role would do. And she's really pushed the envelope in terms of making room for other people and calling out, um, like I mentioned earlier, racism, sexism. And so I'm also wondering about in my role and in my job, am I doing enough? And what are the opportunities that I can do to push the envelope, think about being more inclusive, et cetera? So I, that's my takeaway from Shannon. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's kind of the perfect takeaway. Like I know that I have talked to my teams, you know, I lead operational functions and, um, you know, we had a theme one year, operations are a tool for equity Mm -hmm. because the reality is, and I think as Shannon is pointing out, like all of those inequities are so embedded in systems and she's not even talking about systems. She's talking about flat out money that makes the world go round. Yes. Um, And how important it is that it's not just talking about equity when you're t- thinking about the community. It's talking about and thinking about and embedding it and infusing it everywhere. How we do our work. Yeah. 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 There's always an opportunity to improve. Well, Mel and I always have the chance to hear more from Shannon and learn about what she's doing. But you know what? So... Do all of our listeners, if you want to sort of keep following along with Shannon, check out her newsletter, Say It Out Loud, on LinkedIn. Yep, just sign up and you'll you'll get Shannon in your inbox every two weeks, and it's a really good read. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to I So Appreciate You. You can find us on Facebook at I So Appreciate You Podcast and on Twitter and Instagram at So Appreciate You. We'd also appreciate you taking a moment to write us a review. And if you like our show, be sure to follow I So Appreciate You on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us right now. Have a question or topic suggestion? Email us at podcast at spmcf.org. Thank you for listening to I So Appreciate You.